welcome. I'm Barb. And I'm Rafaela. And we are Recovery 201. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Good, what's going on? Oh, so much is going on, but let's talk about how amazing our followers are. I know, I'm so excited. We have so many new listeners this week. I was blown away when I posted... Um, our newest episode, um, just how many like quick followers and quick listens we got. I was so excited to see that on SoundCloud. And we're now on Stitcher yes. as well. Yes. So you can hear us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Just search for Recovery 201. And um, that's pretty exciting. It was really exciting to see like how many little likes we got and how many people started following us on, on SoundCloud. You can click and follow us on SoundCloud. Um, I know a lot of people got the app, but they may not have clicked like follow. And that's important because every time we, we release a new episode, you're going to get the notification so you don't have to worry about go searching for it. Right. You're just like, oh, here it is. Yeah, it'll pop right up on your phone. So even if you don't like have anything else on there, like it'll pop right up for you. Um, and you might be able to like search for other things. Like um, I have a couple favorite um, podcasts on there like Rick Warren's like Rick Warren has a everyday podcast that I listen to um, there's a couple different recovery podcasts that I listen to on there um, that I can link in the description um, I can link those I can link those oh I can link things oh how exciting <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, yeah we want to take you guys, and um, if you haven't follow us, follow us, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, um, follow us on social media, on Facebook, yeah, Recovery 201 Podcast, on Instagram, Recovery 201 Podcast, on Twitter, Recovery 201 Podcast, and our email is recovery201podcast at gmail.com. Send us your story. We're putting together a... Um, uh, episode of just the emails that we're getting and so that's really exciting and um, we want to hear from you I don't care if you've been in recovery a year 20 years six months we want to hear from you yeah. we want to hear how you're doing what you do to cope and and um, we want to hear it all so send us your story yeah we want to talk to please you. send us your story I love hearing from you guys it's really exciting. We always email back. We always say thank you. And, and between um, the two of us, it's real quick. Yeah. <laughs> we try to anyway. Um, but we have a really great guest with us today. Um, her name is Ginger. And so please um, welcome Ginger. Hi, guys. Hi. Thank you so much for coming. I know you just came yeah. into town. <laughs> so I really appreciate it. Yes. Thanks. Thank for, it's an honor. I was honored when you guys asked me to come and do this with you guys and just use my story a little bit more to reach others that may not realize that not all recovery looks the same. Um, That's why my, I'm excited <laughs> My area is not drugs and alcohol, and many people think that's the only thing that we need to recover from. For sure. Um, and it's, it's, I just want people to know that um, there's hope and there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And if my story can help somebody see that and kind of recalibrate and bring it all back around, then it just um, makes my journey and my walk and the pain and everything that I went through that much more worth it. Isn't um, that the truth? It, it, if we just tell our story and changes one person's day, it just yeah. makes, it makes it all worth it. I read something on Facebook this lady said, um, her name is Sherry. And she said, when you talk about things, when you think whatever you have gone through will benefit somebody else. And it stuck with me because it's so true, you know, like before I started recovering out loud, as I like to say, yeah. you know, because I was ashamed in a way of what people would think right. of me yeah. or if right. people would think less of me because of the things I've done. And then real quick, that changed, you know, into the... I'm not ashamed, if anything, I'm proud, right, mm -hmm. to, to have gone that low and to overcome, and still overcoming and learning mm -hmm. about life and how, how to navigate through it. 
Right. I actually, I just looked up this Bible verse because I love it. And it, it just sums up so much of why, um, why things, bad things happen. At least for me, this speaks to my heart. And it's Second Corinthians and it's chapter one, um, verses four through like six, I think. Um, but it's, he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we are able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. And to me, that's my recovery. I went through everything, and now I'm going to give it back and reach back and help others have this mm-hmm. have victory um, with Christ leading the way. I love that. That's awesome. So tell us what brought you to recovery. What are you in recovery for? How long have you been in recovery? And what brought you to you? So that way, because now that way everybody yeah. knows. knows from the get. All right. So I'm going to introduce myself, celebrate recovery style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Ginger, a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I am in recovery for codependency. I am a survivor of all the abuses, and I struggle with anger and anxiety. Hi, Ginger. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, codependency for me is I see my family that's not in recovery. I see that it's definitely generational. Um, My family is like a walking mob of codependents trying to fix everything but themselves. And... um, so I really struggle with that with them because they don't understand why I do things the way that I do them and why I have these certain boundaries and that I'll say no and their guilt tactics don't work on me. They, they just don't understand it. Um, so that's a little bit of my codependency, um, which was like the gateway um, to being a victim of all the abuses, which a lot of times people think that abuse is only physical. Where I have been physically abused, um, my the bigger portion of my abuse recovery is mental, emotional, um, verbal, spiritual. There is spiritual abuse. I've had to hide and pray. Um, not been allowed to attend certain church things because it may have opened my eyes to the fact that I was in an abusive relationship and that's exactly what happened I went to step study and I learned that I was in an abusive relationship um the anger and anxiety part of my recovery I just remember being angry as a young kid little six yelling at my mom throwing things at her like I was have just always had anger issues and the anxiety um I remember very young 12, my mom taking me from health food store to health food store to health food store to try to get me herbs to manage my anxiety because it was so bad. Mm. Um, and, you know, Is that, that was... Is that how your family dealt with things naturally? Yeah. Um, I still do to this day. I, I um, know there may come a point where I might need medication to help me with my anxiety. Sure. That's how um, I'm doing it right now. I, there's I nothing do. wrong with it. I try to work out for it. I try to do other things first. I'm not saying people shouldn't be medicated. It's not. No, I thing. just yeah. I just started medication a week ago. Yeah. And I'm starting to feel so much better. Oh, Look, that's I good. haven't I, think I haven't cried in five days. That's good. It, it <laughs> actually is kind of a miracle. Oh. <laughs> See? I love how she feels things. She thinks I I I, I made fun of her. It's because when we were coming from summit, she was crying and laughing about this, and, and it was funny. So she thinks I because I laughed at myself not... because at some point it was like I, I cried so much it was ridiculous, <laughs> you know. But I had to come to realize like my depression was just so it, it was too much to handle. Like, I just couldn't, I couldn't get over the bomb. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I think so, it's really I'm like bad. talking to people in the grocery store and would start crying. Oh. there, There's something wrong with me. I can totally, really, like, so my anxiety has been really popping up. I had, um, 
a panic attack maybe about four weeks ago that was, and I was at home by myself. So there was no, like right. totally alone. Kids were with their dad. Um, and I couldn't breathe and I'm like hyperventilating. And I was just like, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. Um, so I started going into the anxiety and depression group at yeah. Celebrate Recovery and that's helped a lot. But I was like, okay, so Ginger, you need to start thinking about what it is and how you're going to be because you can't function. You have kids that you have to take care of. You have to go to work. You have other people that are counting on you. Like I got to take care of me, but I've got to take care of me. So what does that look like now going forward? Do you need to go get medication? Do you need to go to the gym more? Do you need to reach out to your accountability? So I've been going to the anxiety and depression group and that's helped a lot. Um, but I don't know, you know, there's for me, and I'm just so grateful for recovery because life is always going to continue to happen and things are always going to come up and it, it's life. There's going to be struggles. Right, There's going to be trials. Right. <laughs> but having some place to go in like women like you guys and all of the awesome leadership that we have, the Kowalskis, yeah. Lisa, having all of them there to just kind of pray with you when you need it. And mm-hmm. not everybody gets stop. that. Yeah. So many people out in the world, they don't get to have that and, and have people speak into their life and be like, I'm sorry that you're struggling and actually be able to talk about the struggle. Um, but in like Lisa knows, she knows that I don't cope well with change. So she really kind of stayed in touch with me. Um, you know, cause leaving central, leaving, being on staff there was not an easy decision for me sure. to make. I love it there so much. And then, you know, Josh and Deborah moving and just all these other different little things just kind of all happened at once. And I was just like, all right. It was a lot. It was so much yeah. in such a small time and, you know, codependents, they don't take, they don't take risks. Everything has got to be thought through. What are the consequences? Can I survive this? I've survived this, but can I survive this? There's uncertainty. Isn't something that we can really navigate well. And so that also feeds into the anxiety as well. Cause I don't know what's going to happen, you know? And, um, but having some place to go and just be reminded that God is already there. Um, it's okay to go through this because this is still part of life. It's awesome. I'm just really, really grateful that I don't have to try and figure everything out by myself, you know? Yeah, I'm not alone. I, you know, I'm not talking to every single person about all my codependency issues and those kinds of things, but I have somewhere safe that I can go and do it. And, you know, insanity, the insanity lesson, you keep doing the same thing over and over thinking that you're going to get different results, recovery helps us to not have to do that like we can see our behavior patterns we can see all these different things that we've done in the past that got us to where we are and we don't want to be there anymore so then we're able to really just go forward i just shared about that um like two weeks ago where i remember like in my insanity just like cornering people and telling them my whole life story like you know just like spilling my guts to everyone i would meet just because I didn't have any place to, to, to share. Yeah. Or to have anywhere to have to let that out, you know. And now that you know, I have some place to let that out. I think I have that five minute timer in my head that goes off. Ding! Time to stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Isn't that funny? Yeah. Sometimes I have that. Like, oh, I better stop talking. <laughs> we all know I overshare. Always. <laughs> Even on the timer, I'm on the middle of talking, and then I'm like, is that my second? This just had, they're like, yeah, I'm like, thanks for letting me share. And they're like, but what happened? I'm like, nothing really. <laughs> I mean, we'll have to talk, talk, later. We'll have to talk like, during fellowship. It doesn't even matter. Like, really, yeah. I'm just like vomiting. That's, that's what I do, and I just overshare everything. <laughs> I think that we're, we're CR leaders, though. Um, it's important for us to use our time. Oh, it is. Because that helps the other ladies that are newer coming in see that it's that's important. their time and you need to use it. It We're given that much time for a reason. Like, right. open up, let it out, be vulnerable. And so where we go before, like you, Raffaele, where you're using it, um, you're showing them that it's it's theirs. It belongs to them. You're giving, you're kind of giving them permission 
you know, to feel safe and to share all of those things. So that's good. But I always use all mine too. <laughs> the full too. five minutes. I do too. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever listens to me. You're going to listen to me for five minutes. <laughs> so growing up um, in this, in this, because you had a lot of brothers and sisters, yes? My parents had eight kids. Okay. Oh, I'm the I fifth. didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Very big family. Yeah. Yeah. Grew up in a different religion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, different faith. I'm the only one that doesn't belong to that faith anymore. Okay. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about that. So how does that, how does that affect your family now? How does that? Um, it, it really doesn't. No. Like they'll, they'll, you know, tease me a little bit here and there. Um, my dad, um, He's one of my best friends. I love my dad That's so awesome. much. Yeah, we talk about everything. And um, so, you know, I'm, I'm single. And he'll send me a text message and be like, hey, why don't you go to this church's single dances? <laughs> <laughs> you know, with the balloon between you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, but my dad, you know... My dad just, he wants me to be happy and be married, but he also wants me to be married to somebody that is in his faith, which wouldn't work with my faith. Um, but he just, he just wants to see me have that partnership, a life partner. So he's always like, yeah, go there, go there. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> do you not see everything that I do with my life and, you know, at the church that I go was, to, but I'm fine. Was your ex, your ex um, from the same faith? No, he was of no faith. He was raised in a different faith. Um, it's actually really um, popular in like the Latino countries. Mm -hmm. um, but it, they were different. But there were there were some overlapping similarities. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. um, but then he became a believer after we were married. Oh, okay. He thought that he was a believer, but most people do until you actually become a believer. Right. Um, and I was under that impression, too. I wasn't a believer until, you know, I, I was a believer when I was 13 um, with my foster parents. But my my family, um, they don't give me a hard time about it. They I've always been very independent. Like, I left home when I was 16 and moved out to Vegas. So... Mm. They just, they know they can say anything they want to me. I'm still going to do what Ginger's going to do. Mm -hmm. Not in like a rebellious or disrespectful thing, but in that way, there are some ways I'm very codependent, but there are some ways that I'm really not. And I don't care what you think. I'm going to keep doing this because this is what's good for me. Um, so how my, did you learn that? How did I learn that? How did you learn those boundaries? How did you learn... Um, those ones I've always kind of had. Okay. Um, I, that it's just was who I am. It's part of my character. Mm -hmm. um, but in working my recovery... Um, well, I guess, how did that bring you to recovery? If you've had those distinct boundaries, how did it get to a place where you got to recovery? Um, because in codependency. In codependency. So, um, while I'm going to do what I'm going to do, I also have a huge heart for people. Mm -hmm. And I want to fix every single thing that's wrong with every single person. Okay. So um, the codependency aspect that brought me into recovery was um, I always, you know, chose the bad boy that needed to be fixed and had all these issues. And um, I would stick around and I had the thought, like, you see in romantic comedies all the time, like I won't watch them. I can't stand them because I feel like they perpetuate codependency so much. The girl always finds the guy and then if she sticks by him when he cheats, ghosts her, all these different things. Like <laughs> He's broken, she fixes him. She sticks around through all the brokenness and then he sees she really loves him right. and then, you know... Um, and then he loves her and happily ever, but that's not real life. Right. Like, I, I can't when, watch it either. I, I'd rather watch murder shows. <laughs> yeah. 300. I will watch 300 over and over and over because I love their marriage. They're like, he's this strong man leading Sparta and 
before he does anything, he turns back and looks at his wife, and his wife's like, yes. So <laughs> they just she have... read the one that word depends. <laughs> but they are so equal. Like, it just reminds me of when Paul I talks about how marriage is supposed to be in the Bible. Oh. They have that. And, like, it's good. Like, the fight scenes and all that are good. But I'm just like, man, these two, like, they're right or die. Yeah. Before there even was ride or die, and <laughs> right. I, I like that, but um, codependency is is a strange, strange thing to explain. So I have like little one liners that I kind of try to tell people to explain it through. But um, and I've read up on it and I've studied it, and because I want, I don't want to be that person ever again. It's a very manipulative mindset right. where you try to you're you would you set people up for failure, right? Because their failure means they don't love you. That is so messed up. Right. <laughs> it's so messed up. So now where I have been able to go in recovery and see these things about myself, I now know I can stop that before it starts. Because that's not fair to do to other people. Um, I don't want it done to me. Like, right. So it's it's helped me be much more direct with people and speak out my needs like this is my need this is my truth and if it doesn't mesh with you then we we're still cool i'll just figure something else out but not a you need to meet my needs and i meet your need it's christ meets my needs now um but the codependency is what got me into so many abusive relationships they didn't always start out physical but they always ended physical and it was at that point that i was like nope I then I knew like you can go to jail for physical abuse you can't go to jail because somebody tells you that you're stupid you know sure. um so the codependency brought me into all of that and then kept me there for so long because I knew I could survive all that because I had for so many years I didn't know what would be next so it's just this it's this really really weird it's a beast um but having like my sponsor, I have an awesome sponsor and a solid accountability team and doing the step study and being at Celebrate Recovery and praying being and asking God. Being of service, right? I think yeah. That's, uh, helping other women, trying to stay connected and be reminded of, I think that's the, the greatest thing when, when we sponsor other women, be reminded and, and, and be of service at the same time. Sure. I have a question. Mm-hmm. So when you came to, to celebrate with her to do the step study, then you like your mind were open and your eyes opened up. But why did you start it? Did you knew then already that you were codependent or you just started? Like, how did it that work out? Um, what was the catalyst that brought you in the door? I was a stay-at-home mom, so I was by myself all the time. I wasn't allowed to go do anything. I wasn't allowed to, um, this is financial abuse. I wasn't allowed to, um, if we got into an argument, I couldn't leave to escape, like go for a drive and let things cool down because I didn't pay for the car. Um, I wasn't allowed to have my name on the utilities. I wasn't allowed to build my credit, none of these things, because then I would be able to leave. And I was just... I, I was going to church and I but everything just kept getting heavier and heavier and heavier and I felt like I was collapsing in on myself and I had a really good friend she looked at me and she was like step study starts Tuesday and this was Thursday night and I just I just knew I didn't know what else to do there was no other option for me um, I didn't I didn't know what to do but here was this one solution this one solution had been presented to me like just try it and so that's why I went, that's what brought me in there. Um, and it was, I shared um, very quickly. I was very open and, and shared a lot. And the jaws, the women's jaws would drop about the stuff that I was sharing because not only was my marriage abusive, but um, there was a point that his family was abusive as well, verbally and mentally, and mm-hmm. tried to control our entire home and those different kinds of things. So. Um, I didn't know why I was the one that was sitting there and I was like, I don't know why I'm here. I just don't know what else to do. And it was about six months in that I was sitting in the open chair. And this is, I try to explain this to newcomers so clearly. You have, you've got to do them both. You've got to do step study and you've got to be here on Friday nights. Yeah. Because 
it was in open share that I was sitting there in general recovery because I still didn't know what my issues were. I just knew I had a ton of them. Um, it was in listening to the other women sharing and opening up, opening up and being vulnerable that I learned I was codependent. And I'd heard that term thrown around by like my sister and, you know, Dr. Phil or Oprah or whoever. Right, right. And I was just like, oh gosh, those people... I want to be one of those people. Oh, Oh, that's like the dirtiest word ever. And then I'm sitting in open chair and I'm like, uh, I'm sitting there and like, it was this crazy (laughs) feeling, (laughs) but (laughs) it was this huge sense of relief. But then also, you know, when, when we have those victory moments, the enemy also wants to come and snatch them away. So there was this huge feeling of victory of like, I know where to start now. I know how to start focusing on what my issue is and my, I I have an area of recovery. Um, but so much shame came in with it too. And so working through that, um, and then learning, you know, acknowledging the fact that I was a survivor of abuses. Um, because it took me a long time to even speak that out. Um, I would talk about the uh, verbal and the mental and the emotional, but I didn't... A little bit about the physical, but that wasn't as big of a... It didn't happen as often. It was like mm-hmm. one and done. I didn't, I didn't ever put up with it. Um, but then, you know, acknowledging the sexual abuse and the financial abuse and the spiritual abuse. And even now, here I've been in recovery for four and a half years, and I still struggle with who I share those abuses with and who I don't. So actually me sharing it, like it's a huge step in my recovery for me to be talking about it with you guys today in such right. a public way. Right. Because I've only shared the sexual abuse with a few people. And maybe once or twice in open share. And it was very like, boop, 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 and then I don't want to talk about it anymore. Uh, but I know that that's something that I God is really bringing to me. Like, okay, you need to work on this. And I shared in my testimony um, about, I, I was just in this huge rage so much that I threw Scarlett's school stuff, like early on in my recovery. And I didn't even remember it. And she's like, no, mommy, it happened. I was like, I believe you because that's where I was. Mm-hmm. So I can't. I can't ever go back there. Like, I've got two kids, and they... Valentino is so young, he doesn't remember me pre-recovery. He was only one. But Scarlett remembers, and she'll talk about it. And she reminds me about the different things that I did and I said, and what she remembers me and her dad saying to each other and doing, and just how toxic and chaotic all of it was. There's just not an option to go back to that. Right. Uh, so having the recovery program to go into and just continually work on it, you know, I, I got all of my chips and they're in a big bundle with my extra house key on it. And each one there's, I've got my chips. I just got three years on Friday for codependency. Awesome. <laughs> so I have all those chips lined up. And then, you know, last month I got one for the abuse because I need to start surrendering those lies um, and the anxiety. So I just got a 30 day chip Friday for that. And I've got seven months in anger. And so this is like four and a half years. People think that you got to start and everything must be perfect, but it's not. It's I've taken process. five anger chips. <laughs> five? <laughs> Honey, please. <laughs> I got necklaces full of anger chips. <laughs> I've had to turn them back in, recycle them. <laughs> I feel like I can't keep all these. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's been seven years I've been working on anger. I think people get so caught up in that, though, and I think that it's really important for people who are just starting, and even people who have been in recovery for a long time, yeah. to Don't know, like, it's a journey. Up. We were just yeah. talking about the last one. I think people do beat themselves up too much, you know? I tell if something happened to my spotsy, I'm like, don't beat yourself up, but it might have consequences. The more if it's right. drugs or alcohol or whatever, right? Yeah. Right. I was like, you might have to consequences for your actions. Right. But shit happens, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and it's going to happen. Every day something. So I, I love how you say that, that you said some, some about it to just, you know, we were just talking about that. Yeah. On the last episode. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it is what it is. So you have to deal with it head on. And I think that's the best part about recovery for me is that I'm able to deal with things head on now. 
where before I was like, oh, I'm not dealing with that. Yeah, I'm just going to put that on the side over here. And it, if it comes up later, then I'll deal with it later. And then I'm going to push it away again and see how long I can keep that pushed away. The avoidance. Right? Because uh-huh. the only way for truly healing is to go through it. Yeah. Right? Go through the motions and, and, and feel the emotions and deal with them and learn from them and learn from, you know, like with grief, with anything, you have to go through it. If you, you put it on the side and stuff it, it's just going to make it more damage. Perfect example. I left my husband in 2008. I divorced my husband in 2014. I filed the paperwork in 2011. And then I didn't follow through. Like, it just, like... I, I just was like a procrastinator since 1974. Like, that's just, that's just <laughs> who I am. Like, and then finally one day I was like in recovery. My sponsor said to me, like, if you want to eventually date, like, you're going to have to get divorced. And I was like, okay, I can do that. I don't want to date, but I want to, you know, have the option one day. Yeah. So that was four years ago but I'm just saying you know but um it it was very scary but you know what I did was I reached out and I asked for help and I had a friend you know go over the papers with me and like you know did all those things but I think that's a perfect example of like you know you gotta like face things head on yeah and and it's funny because sometimes you know, I have, I have some friends that are not in recovery, and I think they think I'm, like, very open <laughs> about things in my life, because if you ask me, I'm going to answer you, you know? Like, yeah, if you're asking me questions, and, and, and I'm really open, and they go, like, you know, normally I don't, I don't talk about things like that until, like, I've, I'm, I'm over it or whatever. I was like, oh, no, girl, I talk about it. I talk about it between, before, during. Like, I talk about <laughs> right. it everything because I do not, I know what it is to hold it inside and to not talk about it. And I yeah. know the damage you will do in my life and even the life of people surrounding me because if I, if I stuff it, you know, even with my husband, I tell him if I want something in more, man, you know how it is. I'm straight up, like, I need your help. At four o'clock today, because my friends are coming over and we're doing a podcast, so I need you to do this, this, and that, right? Straight up to the point, very open, and leave no room for not understanding (laughs) or playing games, trying to make people figure out how I feel. Because you know, if I don't feel, if I'm if I'm upset, I want to talk about it, or 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 living my twelve steps. You know, I try to talk about it right away. I'm sorry, did I hurt you? wasn't my, my intention and try to keep my side of the street clean right. and sometimes yeah. that doesn't go very well with people that don't get it like people get a little defensive and and they think that sometimes you're doing that to provoke and which in any way to provoke i don't come in in a way of provoking but more in a way of i want to address it right i want to address yeah. it now so we don't start over overthinking because i overthink everything I overthink everything, and that's my. Do you problem. find that? Do you find that people think you're too direct, or because you make your 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 boundaries clear in your, you know? I get intimidating. Although, I mean, like, you guys know me. Like, I'm silly. I'm goofy. Like, I always have a smile on my face. I love your sense of humor. Like, I really do. And I don't think a lot of people get it sometimes. But I love I it. I think it it's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I didn't get it at first. But now that I know you, I'm I gonna, get it. I'm going to say something. I am just... But I'm the same I'm way, s- I think. Yeah. I, get intim- <laughs> I, I get intimidating and... um. Difficult to approach, not because I'm not a happy person or I talk down to people, but it's because people who are like people at CR, they approach me, they talk to me, they know that they can talk to me because it's CR, but people outside the program, um, they know that I'll be like, no, this is, you know, we started here. We need to end here. This is the process. We need to follow the rules. We need to follow the regulations, the procedures. We, there are gray areas sometimes for exceptions. This is not one of them. And so (laughs) (laughs) 
when um, actually um, it's kind of made dating a little bit difficult because when guys see me at the church and how I interact with people and I'm so matter of fact, but I have grace, they're like, that intimidates them as far as a woman to date. And I've been told that. Okay. So I'm just like, well, I can't do anything about that, and I'm not going to change it. You just start strong right. enough for me. <laughs> I, I, I feel, and this is me, I, I like that. Yeah. I like people, I, I tell people, I was like, you tell me, don't make me try to figure things out. Yes. Just, 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 you're upset with me if I've done something. Just say it. Just say it. Don't go like throwing tantrums or like, I have to, because you know what, it's going to happen, I'm not going to figure it out. I'm just going to be like, you know what, I'm too old for this. Well, and whatever your (laughs) issue is, like... Can't we fix it? Let's just talk about it. Let's get to the solution. Let's resolve it, and let's move forward. Let's just reconcile and just be cool with each other. Right. Like, I'm a tough woman. I am strong emotionally. If I've done something, and because of recovery... When something has happened, when I've done something and I know I'm wrong, I have zero problem taking responsibility for it. You know what? I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. And I'm really sorry. And I will not do it again. And Is I, that the biggest thing that you've found in recovery? Is that you... Or have you always had that? What's the biggest thing you've found in recovery? Like something that you're super proud that you're like, yes, I got this. I think it, it was finding my voice again. Because... When I was younger, you know, there was a little bit of the codependency, but I was very, you know, who I am now where I'm very direct and, you know, like, okay, let's fix this. This happened. Taking, I would, in high school, um, something happened, some situation happened in the class and I had hurt another classmate's feelings and the rest of the class kind of participated in it. It was like a fundraiser misunderstanding and the discussion had come up. And then later I found out that I was wrong. Like I had missed, I had wrong information. And so like I stood up in front of the whole class, like I'm a senior in high school and I stood in front of the whole class and I apologized, I apologized to her publicly in front of everybody. And I called the rest of the class out. I was like, some of you guys should think about what you need to do in making amends with her too. So I've just always kind of had that wanted to take responsibility, Mm -hmm. but I was very, you know, um, independent, young, um, got good grades in school, was not, didn't, my dad was in another state, couldn't be involved. My mom was busy working and doing whatever she was doing. So I was really just raising myself. Um, so, and I was trying to have all these plans and then I got into abusive relationships. My life kind of started to mirror what I had seen in relationships in, in the past mm-hmm. from, um, you know, just aunts, uncle, you know, just the people around me. I didn't. Sure. The one example of a healthy relationship that I had were my grandparents, and they had passed away. My grandma hadn't yet, but my grandpa had. And so I just didn't have anything to go on. So my codependency got me into abusive relationships where I lost my voice. I lost my drive. I didn't think I could ever accomplish anything ever again. Um, I thought that I was a horrible person. Um, I had believed that I was crazy and um, unable to raise my kids, so I couldn't bear the thought of my children living out in the world and being raised without me being involved. So suicide became my answer. Mm. I couldn't, I couldn't bear the thought of it, but it was also them that stopped me. Uh, but it was just working the step studies and the recovery and the, the principles and using my sponsor and my accountability team that I was able to find who Ginger was again, but not just who Ginger was, who Ginger has always been, but that Jesus was always there with me. Mm. And now I'm the ginger with the character that I've always had, that I was born with, that God created and knit together in my mom's womb. But now I've got Jesus, like, rolling with me. (laughs) So it's even better because now I have all of this experience that I've gone through in these, you know, sad things, but also really great things that now I get to tell people how Jesus has used them um, and impacted other people and how different my life is now. I yeah. say it all the time. I think it's even on my testimony. I said, if I had to go through everything again mm-hmm. to be where I am today and know Jesus the way I know Jesus today and have that relationship with God, I wouldn't think twice about it. Like, because... Yeah, totally. My, for everything that has happened in 
my life made me who I am and, and, and I think he opened my eyes to because I was in denial or even being in denial. Like I sure. it was just like I mean I was completely blind, right? So when my eyes open and I have like this peace, even when I was in jail I had that when I surrender, I, I remember like it was today, it was July second of twenty fourteen, I I had like these little shorts and the swimsuit top because I was going to the pool when I got arrested and I was I had been in jail already for a couple months then and um, I was, uh, they brought me back right around again on a tour of the jail <laughs> so I was like what? she was on the tour <laughs> I couldn't understand I was like what is happening in my life like nothing's working and I end up here so I dropped to my knees and I was like god you know what <laughs> I can't do this. Like I just can't control this and try to figure things out. I surrender to you, you know. And and since then, even though I was locked up, I have I have never felt so much peace. All right, Ginger. So one more question: um, What are you most proud of now? I think that I man, I don't know. That goes against everything in my nature to talk about something that I'm proud of. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm really proud of myself for taking the steps and pulling myself out of the toxicity of my life when I was married. Yeah. And not only have I done that, um, I've done very well providing for my kids um, and making sure that they're healthy and happy and they're, you know, Valentino's not in recovery yet, but Scarlett is, and I know that it helps her in just really fostering a healthy divorce for my kids. Yeah. Uh, despite all of the toxic, everything that was in our marriage, we co-parent incredibly well. Um, I was just going to ask that. How yeah. How is co-parenting? It's easy. I mean, like, we don't have any issues. He has his life, and he I don't bother him about... I don't nitpick at him. I don't ask a million questions. Um, I'm friendly with his girlfriend. Her boys come to church and have sleepovers with us. Nice. We help each other. We just... We talk to each other. He doesn't get into my business. I don't get into his. When, when it's his time with the kids, it's his time. I trust his... He's their dad. I can't take that from him. And I cannot take it from them. They need their dad. And he respects that with me too. We actually just recently, for my daughter's ninth birthday, we all went and had ice cream together with her. And it wasn't easy. We've been divorced. I filed three years ago. Uh, so, and it's taken three years to get to that point. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, it, it, I don't want to say that it, it wasn't easy because we weren't fighting or anything. I wasn't ready. I wasn't oh, healthy enough. Time. To be in a position where I have to spend time with this man right. that caused me so much pain. Right. Um, but I think doing that and then, you know, just knowing that my kids are healthy and happy and that they're safe. They're safe. They can talk about anything they do with me, with their dad, and they don't get put down for it. And it's the same at my house. They are free and they can talk about their whole lives with both of their parents. That's, That's great. Awesome. That's awesome. And I know that I wouldn't be able to do that if it wasn't for my right. recovery. Right. I wouldn't. I would be hanging on to all this bitterness right. and rage and wanting to get even with him. And I've been encouraged by people who don't do this right. to blast blast him on Facebook. Do that. I'm not going to oh, do that. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I promised my children I would never disrespect their father. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Doing that, and then just you know, I'm I'm really happy about where I'm at in my life, you know, in general right now, um, and this new career that I've kind of found myself in, and awesome. for after being told for so many years that I couldn't do anything and I wouldn't do anything to really be doing something that is gonna provide a nice future for my kids and I is, I'm very blessed. That's great. Very blessed. I'm very proud of you too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank I think you. that's awesome. It's hard work. It's hard mm -hmm. work being a single mom. I know I've been a single mom for 10 years. It's, yeah. it's hard work. It's hard work raising these it's kids. Hard. It's hard. Oh, I, mean, oh, I can oh, just oh, imagine. It's hard work when you have a partner. A partner you know, mm -hmm. it, it's right. not easy already. And you have somebody to lean on or at least you give the kids to. 
And I don't like, have anyone like 50-50. Like I don't they they don't go anywhere with for you. me. Yeah, they're, they're with, with me you. all the time. Yeah. So it's it's tough, but you know, it's it's great that you are like that with their dad. I love that. Um I've also never stopped, you know, my ex from seeing the kids. It's just his choice not to see them. So it's been it's been a rough go. So I'm glad that they have their dad in their life. Yeah, it's I rough when they're not. Yeah, it is. Um, Ginger, one last thing um, before we play our little game. Um, what would you say to someone who maybe recognizes now that maybe they have an issue with codependency? What would you say to them, and where would you tell them maybe to start, or maybe not tell them, but you know, encourage what them? Advice would what, you give somebody yeah. that is struggling right now? Not just codependence, abuse, or, or just because it's not physical abuse doesn't mean somebody hasn't been abused, right? Yeah, I, I think that for somebody that may have this conversation has touched their heart and they're kind of wondering, well, what do I do next? Yeah. Of course, I'm biased, so I'm going to tell you to go find a Celebrate Recovery chapter. Um, <laughs> but beyond that, really just lean into God and find community and recognize within yourself that you're worth yourself being healthy. Uh, you don't need to sacrifice any part of who you are in your life for somebody else's happiness. That's their responsibility. And you can't help anybody more than they're willing to help themselves. And that applies to you too. You need to apply that inwardly. Uh, you've got to help yourself before you can help anybody else. And it's self-care is important. Take breaks. And just, just don't forget that you have value and nobody's more important to you than yourself. Once I realized that uh, it, it was a game changer for me, I like to tell people, don't set yourself on fire trying to keep other people warm mm. because it's oh your gosh. destruction. That's, so That's one of my sense. favorite ones. I... It's so good. Because that's what codependents will do it. People in abusive yes. relationships will do it. Yes. Anybody has the ability to do that. But yes. don't make other people's problems yours. Yeah. Just stay in your yard. Totally. totally. <laughs> that. Thank you, Ginger. You're welcome. Thanks let's, for having me. This is so cool. Let's game time. <laughs> We're, you don't even have to pick because there's only three questions. Well, there was only two. I took one. I got a, oh, we got a repeat? Okay. It's okay. Okay. We're going to repeat a question. So these questions has n have nothing to do with recovery. They're oh, okay. Funny, They're just fun. Okay. Weird. She made them. I... Pinterest made well, you them. Guys, you guys see my weirdness on Facebook. And oh, you love this. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah you love this it. should be, what is your favorite taco? That's what this question is. What is your favorite taco? That's what this question is. Oh, I don't even have to read that question. Oh, my gosh. I've been there. Oh, no. I have to check But I've been to a really good taco place out there. I have a different one for you. It's down by the Rio. Wait, the Rio? Casino? Yeah. Okay, you have to give me that because I work right across the street from Rio. Oh! So I will go there for lunch tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so good. I'm I don't know so if it's glad. open during the day so or if it's just at night. Because it's in just like a tire you, shop parking lot. Just so oh, you okay. guys know. Yeah, we should probably Ginger? talk about this after the... She's obsessed with tacos. We need for tacos. For Ginger <laughs> and tacos. Yeah. yeah. If, I mean, you know, if you know, please message us if you know of a group of... Taco edit. Ta taco, anon taco tacos anonymous. Tacos anonymous. We, we meet in Roberto's. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite taco, Ginger? Oh, gosh. That's a hard question. I know I don't like fish tacos. You um, don't? No, I don't like seafood at all. Oh. But um, I think I'd have to say um, carne asada. I like beef. Okay. Yeah. Carne asada tacos. There is this bull pork. At this place I'm telling you about, girl. I every time I hit my goal weight, I go there, <laughs> and then it's screwed all up. So I only hit it for about like you three know hour. three hours. By the time I was like, oh yeah, it's taco time. <laughs> every oh time, gosh. every time. 
It's. So I swear to God. I actually found a video today on Facebook. I'll tag you in it. But the guy is singing about how he has tacos on his mind all the time. Oh. It's a whole music video. <laughs> and I'm like, this is my anthem. <laughs> you might have too much time on your hands. <laughs> so Read your question. Okay. What is the worst place you could get stuck? Oh my gosh. The worst place that I could get stuck, I have a little bit of claustrophobia. So like, you know, those tubes at like Discovery Zone or like those play places? Yeah. Uh-uh. No. Oh. No. I would like, think I freak out. the ocean if you, because you don't oh. like seafood. Oh. Silly. I'm thinking like physically stuck. Oh. But if you're talking <laughs> stranded, yes, the ocean, because I'm afraid of water. You know what I was thinking as soon as you said that? The ball pit. Like where you can't get out. Like you can't. You're like, help, I can't get out of the ball pit. Like because I'm like, I can't get out of the ball pit. Oh, that'd be horrible. Okay. Who wins? A centipede or an ant? Who wins? Oh, Who my wins? goodness. Like, is this opinion or fact? It's it's your opinion. My opinion? And and that becomes fact. Well, <laughs> <laughs> if it's the fact, I think I know. I think the centipede would because win. Because it has more legs. It has more legs. <laughs> yeah. I would think. But the ant is the strongest animal there is. They, I, uh, an ant can carry 10 times their weight. No other animal can do that. I thought it was 300 times their weight. I'm just Whatever, making, many times. I'm just making <laughs> stuff up now. I, I think my in my head, I want to say centipede, but I'm pretty sure it's an ant. <laughs> I know, I like to say a centipede. I like centipedes better than ants anyway. Ooh, I like ants more. Centipedes creep <laughs> oh me out. Oh my gosh. Snakes with legs. But they're cute. This was so much fun. <laughs> it was fun. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you for teacher. having me. It was fun. It was amazing. <laughs> it was it really good. Was. Tell all your friends we're fun. We're not scary. <laughs> we're not scary Talk until you about don't. Us. Peer is spontaneous pressure. <laughs> yeah, peer pressure. Um, but thank you all again for listening. And don't forget to... Um, like us on Facebook and Instagram. Email and us. Email us. At gmail.com. And we will see you guys soon. Yeah. Oh, never. don't forget, focus on the similarities. Not the differences. Speak love, spread hope. Life gets lively. Stay prayed up. Much love. See you soon. Bye.